today I think I you know want to keep the message pretty short um, and you know this was something that I thought would be really useful for a lot of our seniors who are graduating but really this is this is information I think that everyone can can take and apply in their own lives um, and the passage that I want us to read from um, and what today's message is going to be based on is Colossians or Colossians, however you pronounce it, um, chapter 2, verse 6 to 7. Um, and I'm going to read it because I like the version that I have. It's NIV. Some some versions, um, you know, obviously worded a little differently. But Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to 7, I think in the NIV version is where I really want to get at today because of the language that's used there. Um, it says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. I'm going to read that again. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. This is a really, really special passage, I think, to me. Um, part of it is like understanding the context and the background behind this passage. Um, this is post-Christ's um, death and resurrection. And at this point in time, Paul is in Rome, but he has been arrested, and so he's in prison. And what you'll see happen a lot of times in the New Testament is that a lot of the um, men of God um, who end up getting incarcerated will write letters to churches. And Paul was one of the biggest um, individuals who did that. And so in this passage specifically, um, Paul is writing, I think, to the church of Col Colossae. I mean, it's Colossians, so it's the, it's the church of Colossae. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but he's writing to this church because he basically gets word from another individual that this church has more or less been attacked. Um, there's a lot of false preachers that are sort of downplaying, um, downplaying the deity of Christ. And so um, Paul sees that to be a big problem. So he uses this as an opportunity to really write to this church and help direct them put them back on the path in terms of understanding who Christ really is and what and, and what the purpose of their fellowship should be all about. And so this is one of the things that he wrote to the church. And it's really significant because I think it it, it reminds us of a couple of different things. And I hope that everybody, you know, gets some sort of takeaway from that. First off, the beginning where it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And that's really powerful to me because number one, a lot of people will say, oh, well, I've been walking with Christ for X amount of years, or I've been, you know, I've been a Christian for X amount of years. But I think the language here specifically in saying that we need to walk in Christ is really powerful, right? So as opposed to just walking beside Christ or walking with Christ or saying like, I'm a Christian and I, you know, Christ is, you know, with me. It puts a lot more emphasis in ensuring that you are actually in Christ. So we'll go through that and talk about that a little bit more in detail. Um, but also just the, the 
the, the beginning of the statement where Paul is, is reminding us here, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, and that's really important because I think a lot of times people have this like thwarted perception of what it means to receive Christ, or how we even go about receiving Christ, right? They put a lot of emphasis on this idea that we've earned our salvation or that we can earn our salvation, that based on the certain number of works that we do and maybe how often we pray and, and, and how many good deeds that we do for another, that we earn our salvation that way. But the Bible has made it clear all throughout New Testament that, that is, that's, that's just not the reality of it. Um, what happened was Christ came and he gave it to us, right? There's nothing really we could have ever done to earn that salvation. We're just not good or not holy. And no matter how much we try, we would never even be able to reach that threshold where it's like, okay, great, you earned this, right? So Christ came and he gave us the gift of salvation freely, right? And that's that's really important when you read this text here. That is how we receive Christ Jesus. So when the Bible says, therefore, as you receive Christ, right? So not by works, but as a gift, right? Paul is saying, so walk in him, right? As you received him, the way you received him is the way you should walk in him. And again, really, really important because after we've received Christ, a lot of us also still sort of, um, we accept the principle that we need to continue to earn our salvation or we need to continue to do certain things um, that will basically just just win us like check marks um, and, and earn us a spot in heaven. But again, Paul is making it very clear, especially because he's speaking to a church where a lot of false teachers, a lot of false prophets have been advising the congregation otherwise, right? Paul is saying, look, you've already earned this, right? Excuse me, you've already, it's been a gift that's been given to you. You didn't earn it, right? It's, it's, it's a gift that you accepted freely, right? Based on the love and the grace that comes from Christ. So that same love and that same grace is the way that we're instructed to walk, not with Christ, but in Christ, right? And so that kind of begs the question, well, what does it look like? What does it mean to walk in Christ? Um, the New Living Translation that I also have here um, seems to suggest that, you know, in, in the most simplest form, all that means is, is you're following Christ, right? But I would I would even go as far as saying that, like, like walking in Christ is um, a little bit more deeper than that, than just walking with Christ or following Christ, essentially walking behind Christ. It's this idea that that Christ lives inside of you and you live inside of him, right? And it, it's a really, I wouldn't call it a burden, but it's a huge responsibility on us then to make sure that we are obedient to Christ, to make sure that in our doings, right, we always acknowledge Christ because he's a part of us, right? Um, one of the things, one of the problems with um, what the, the prophets um, were preaching in the church of Colossae was that you know they were they were they were trying to suggest that Christ was some like somewhat a part of creation that he played a really heavy role in sort of that narrative but that he wasn't sort of the be all end all factor right that he wasn't a god so to speak and and Paul really wanted to debunk that by making it clear that as we as we're walking in Christ 
we acknowledge and we understand that Christ is everything. He is the beginning and the end of everything. He's not a small part of our lives or even a significant part of our lives. He is our life. He is the reason why we're here. He's the reason why um, we have life. He's the reason why we have an opportunity to do life and to do it much better. And so the encouragement is to understand that as we as we came to receive the faith, as we acknowledge Christ's incredible gift, we need to walk that, right? And walk it in him, right? And guys, it's 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 easier said than done, right? I know sometimes I sound redundant or repetitive in how I discuss it, but it's stuff that you really have to put into action, right? And I tell people all the time, what good is it in saying that you're a believer? What good is it in saying that you're a Christian if you don't actually live or execute what it means to be a believer, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to walk in Christ, right? I mean, just the, the, the imagery there is like you being in Christ. So imagine Christ being everywhere you look. You look up, you're in Christ. You look to your right, you're in Christ. You look to your left, you're in Christ. Everywhere you look, you're in Christ. There's no escaping that. And, and there is no desire to escape it because the Bible also makes it clear that when you are in Christ, you are removed from the darkness, you are removed from evil, and you are in this place of peace, right? So that is the desire constantly. But it's also, it, it, it forces us then to recognize that in, in being in Christ, that's all we should see, right? And, and when you're thinking about what, how, what you see and, and how your eyes perceive things, it's like through the lens of Christ, right? And if you ever want a clear sort of understanding of, of what that looked like, just read the Bible and look at how Christ interacted with people. Look at all the virtues and all the things that the Bible lists as important sort of character traits that we need to exhibit in our day-to-day -day lives, right? Love being one of the biggest ones, right? For some reason, we have no problem accepting the love that Christ gives us, right? We have no problem accepting the grace that Christ gives us, right? We have no problem accepting all these wonderful things, all these wonderful character traits that Christ exhibits to us. But for whatever reason, we struggle as believers, as humans, to then execute or exhibit those character traits to our brothers and sisters or to our parents, right? Exercising love, exercising patience, exercising grace, right? And I'm not trying to suggest that like, someone disrespects you or someone walks all over you or someone hurts you, someone harms you, that the idea is to just be like a floor mat and let them walk all over you. No, right? There's different ways and there are different approaches um, to, to loving people in Christ and, and understanding that as a believer and as a Christian, you have a responsibility because you represent Christ, right? If you've got that label on you, and someone looks at you or someone interacts with you and you act completely different than that, then you're misrepresenting Christ or you're misrepresenting the kingdom. Um, and that's, that's, just, that's just not fair to Christ, I don't think, right? Um, it's almost like, and how the Bible puts it, it's he'd rather you be hot or cold for him, right? Don't, don't say that you're a Christian, don't say that you're a believer and then go out there and misrepresent Christ, right? Not fully live to what 
he's required from us or live up to what it is that he's called us to do. I know it's really difficult and I know it's not easy, but you know, one of the reasons why I asked, you know, how many people, uh, how many seniors we had in here is because, you know, there's going to be a certain level of challenge when you go to school, when you go off to college, no longer are you in, you know, your parents' home, no longer are you sort of in, um, you know, you have the liberty and the freedoms um, in terms of like, in terms of what you have here in your house or whatever is set up here at home. It's, you know, you go to college and you're kind of like in this bubble, so to speak. And it's interesting because it's like this concentrated space of just young people and young people are known to just make really bad decisions. So you're, you're around a lot of that. You're around a lot of temptation. You're around a lot of carelessness. Um, you're around just a lot of different things. And it, it's on you, like, at that point, more than ever, to really make sure that you're exhibiting um, all the Christ-like characteristics that the Bible encourages us to have. Not because we're trying to earn our spot in heaven, or we're trying to get any particular way, any particular where in life, right? But because we love Christ, right? And because we know and acknowledge the gift that he has given us, right? And I think that's what this passage is really in, in encouraging us to do, um, is to make sure that when we say, okay, I'm going to live in Christ, I'm going to be in Christ, I'm going to walk in Christ, like understanding the why, right? I'm not doing it for all these reasons that might be selfish to me. I want this, I want this, I want that. But I'm doing it for the same reason that Christ did it for me. And that's just because I love him, right? And when you when you pursue Christ or when you live in Christ from that perspective, guys, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but it certainly makes it easier, right? If you're if you're trying to keep a, a tally mark of when you sinned and when you didn't sin and when you did good and when you didn't do good, and you're trying to keep it up, keep it up with that, well, you're just going to fall short, right? Because the Bible says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're just never going to get to that place where you're like, all right, I did it. Like, check, I'm in, right? You have to understand that this was a gift. This, this, this whole salvation thing was a gift that Christ gave to us, right? There's nothing that we could have done to earn it. And there's nothing that we could have done to get ourselves to the place where we say, all right, I did it, right? The only way that we can fully acknowledge that Christ is, is the one who delivered us, right, um, is by acknowledging that he's the only one who could have done it, right? Accepting that it's, it has nothing to do with what you could have done. But now, now that you have seen it, now that you have lived it, now that you have experienced it, it's on you to continue it, right? It's on you to, it's like a torch that has been passed to you, right, from Christ to you. Um, that you continue to carry. Um, towards the end of the passage, um, it says, um, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Um, and, and the part about being rooted and built up in him, I thought was really powerful because it was, it took me back. If you, if you guys really study the Bible or you really study um, New Testament versus Old Testament, you realize a lot of similarities, a lot of sort of 
parallel themes um, and motifs throughout scripture that I think help to connect the two, um, the two testaments, right? Some believers, you know, try to completely disregard or completely remove themselves from the Old Testament. But the Old Testament is really necessary because it gives us a lot of context and understanding like who God was before Christ, right? Before Christ came into the world and how he operated. The reality is like the existence of Christ um, was, was foreshadowed even in the New Testament. But because, because Christ had not been birthed into the world yet, there were a lot of different ways that I think the Bible sort of hinted at Christ but that the Bible continues that sort of theme of Christ, right? Even though Christ didn't exist. Um, and one of the ways I think in, in reference to this particular passage is just in the way that Paul is talking to the people of um, the, uh, the, um, the church of um, Colossae, right? Um, because they were holy people, right? These are people who had converted to Christianity and they were following Christ. And, you know, th these are, you know, some are Jewish, some are Gentiles, and these are people who sort of understand um, the history, right? Especially because they'd also been teaching that, um, what God had done for some of the, the prophets in the Old Testament. And so they understand that, you know, God was carrying his people through the promised land, um, particularly the land of Canaan. And the land of Canaan is very, very significant in the Bible because it represented almost like this holy place where like everything everything that the israelites ever needed was in that place right it was it was it was it was more or less given to them in the sense that there was nothing that they had to do right to necessarily earn it it was basically like god's gift to them all they really had to do was just keep up with tending to the land um, and making sure that they manage all the the stocks and the herds of animals um, but but to me, when when Paul was talking about, you know, as believers, our need to walk in Christ, it, it sort of took me back to the, the scriptures and the passages in the Old Testament um, where you see quite literally the Israelites walking in the land of Canaan. Um, and that's really powerful because in a lot of different ways, Christ represents that land. Again, a place and a space where everything is there for you, right? There's there's not a need. You're just not lacking, right? And I think it's important that we remember that that is what Christ represents in our lives, right? It doesn't mean that you're going to have a perfect life, that you're not going to have problems, or that, that you won't necessarily have needs. It just means that when you're in him, right, when you're in him, you have this this confidence and this faith that he has taken care of it, right? He's created your story and your life before you were even here. He knew what your needs were gonna be. He knew what your passions were gonna be. He knew what your pursuits were gonna be. And so God being so loving and so faithful already sort of laid everything out for you, right? And it's on us then to ask God to continue to keep us on that path. Because the moment we derail, the moment we go off of track, we kind of mess up that story that he's written out for us. Of course, in a lot of different ways, you know, Christ is like a GPS, so he can redirect and reroute. But sometimes it takes us 
through certain situations, certain pain, certain circumstances that we just didn't have to go through if we had decided to be obedient to Christ and stick on the path that he had called for us initially, right? So that's the encouragement is to just ensure that as you're, as you're pursuing Christ or as you're living and walking in Christ, that you, you keep yourself, right? Um, and so not just for the individuals who are going to college, but those of you guys who are still in high school, there is a lot of peer pressure and a lot of different things that we see with the culture and, and what people consider cool and what everybody is doing now. Like we don't subscribe to that sort of thing, right? We keep ourselves in a place in a space where like we know the God that we serve, we know what he's called us to do, we know what he's asked from us and we live that, right? Of course, we're humans, we're not perfect, we're going to make mistakes, but it's it's the love that we have for Christ. It's the understanding that he loves us and the tremendous, like, the amazing gift of grace and salvation that we have that encourages us to do better, right? The, for me, my testimony is like everything that I ever struggled with sin-wise, I was able to overcome more or less. I was able to overcome more or less just by keeping myself before the feet of God, right? It wasn't this idea that I had to go out and donate $10,000 or I had to all of a sudden like do all these things that, you know, would make me look like a good Christian because after a while you kind of burn out right when you realize that like christ is all you need and you go to him in prayer and you understand and, and appreciate the relationship that you develop with him through that it naturally changes you of course you're conscious right about right and wrong and you keep yourself from doing certain things that will like take you off track but you understand and you're aware that as you're as you're in him as you're walking with him christ is is changing you right and he's working in you and it's like everything else whatever you expose yourself to whatever surrounds you whatever you keep yourself in is what influences you the most and so making a conscious effort to just remain in christ to not just walk beside him but to walk in him it just it, it does something to you and it's, it's a genuine pursuit. It's not just like, oh, Olivia said I should do it, so I'm gonna try it. And then you just almost wait for things to happen. No, it's a pursuit. It's something that you're conscious about and that you you, you keep at it. Like even, even when you're tired, even when you're like, man, I can't really pray right now, you force yourself to get up and pray. Even when you, you, you feel tempted to like go on Snapchat, or, or Instagram and you know that, okay, maybe I need to just like spend 10 minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, just get in my word. Little things like that, that will just do, it will start to do the small work inside of you. And gradually and gradually and gradually, you'll see those changes, right? And you'll see yourself becoming more and more in love with Christ, more and more in love with the things of Christ. Again, not because the Bible tells you to, or not because Olivia told you to, or Kevin told you to, or Kevin or Uncle Albert um, or, or Patricia, not because anybody has told you to do anything, but specifically because you've experienced Christ for yourself. You've experienced like th that, 
that grace and that love in first accepting and receiving the gift of salvation. And now, like Paul is saying, you continue that effort, you continue that work, and you continue that pursuit, and you keep yourself in him. And when people see you, they see that light and they're encouraged by it. And they, you know, they, they try to figure out like, man, how, how come like this person has gone through such and such in their life, but they seem to still be solid. Like, what is it that, that they're standing on? What is it that they're grounded on? And you take yourself back to this passage where, where Paul is encouraging us to stay rooted and built up in him, right? Our foundation, everything that we build, everything that we do essentially, right, is, is rooted and grounded on Christ, right? Which is a really important thing to remember because if you're ever unsure about something that you're doing or a decision that you're about to make, like, just think about it. Like, is this something that I am building on Christ? Is this something that I'm doing based on the principle that this this is something that God wants me to do or something that I'm doing that I know I can somehow give glory to God, get, you know, give glory to God in? right? You ask yourself these questions because you realize that Christ is not just like a Sunday thing. He's not just somebody that you go to, you know, when you come on these calls, but he's like woven into your life, like literally the fabric of your life and all the decisions that you make, you know, in your experiences and your encounters with different people, um, you'll either see Christ in them or you'll be touched to pray for them. Or it, it's just it's just this constant sort of consciousness of Christ in your life because you are in him and he is in you. So I want you guys to just remain encouraged in that. I know this is a lot of stuff that people know, but I really liked this passage and this scripture in particular because of the, 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 the language and the verbiage here, right? Walking with Christ as opposed to walking in Christ. And I would, you know, I would just, I think for me personally, it seems to me that that living or walking in Christ has more significance and more weight, right? Um, there's nothing wrong with walking with Christ because of course that's a part of it, but keep yourself in him, right? Because as we all know, the world has got its own agenda. It's got its own things going on. It's got its own propaganda and it's leading so many people towards the road to hell, right? But we are on this path and we are on a, in a place where we're grounded and we're built on the foundation of Christ and we already know where we're headed. We already know, right? So it's on us to maintain that relationship to live it right in our ins and our outs of our experiences with people, our parents, our friends, our teachers, our you know colleagues when we come on these types of calls, like to live it, guys, not just say it, like live it. Let people look at you and be like, okay, that's a Christian, or okay, that's a person who serves God because of the way you talk and the way that you act and you do it, not because you're trying to get to some place or you're trying to run bounty points with God, but because God lives in you and it's just this indirect sort of reflection of the the, the God that you serve and the Christ that lives inside of you. So I hope you guys are encouraged by that. And um, I pray that, you know, anybody who might be struggling um, with the actual like execution part will just continue, right? Because I know, not continue to struggle, but continue to just press on in Christ because it can get frustrating. You feel like you're just not getting better or you feel like you keep committing the same sins or you feel like you're stuck. 
but we serve a really, really patient God and we need to just keep ourselves in that pursuit. Like literally guys, put yourself as much as you can um, in the position where it's like every day, every second, every moment of the day, you're thinking about Christ, right? He's a part of you. You live in him and he lives in you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the word that came this afternoon. We thank you, God, that you came down and you gave us the free gift of salvation, Lord, an opportunity to know you, an opportunity to fall in love with you, an opportunity, Lord, to get our life right and back on the path that you called us for, Lord God. We thank you for that because on our own, Lord, we wouldn't be able to do it. No number of good deeds uh, would have been able to get us to a place or a point where we could earn ourselves a spot in heaven. So we thank you so much for the gift of salvation that you've given us. We pray, oh God, that you help us to remain in you, God. And as you remain in us, oh Lord, help us to just live and execute what it means to be a Christian, Lord God, and everything that we do and everything that we say, oh God, even in our struggles, even when we fall, Father God, help us to remain encouraged, to get back up and continue to pursue you, continue to live inside of you, that you may get glory in all of it, oh Lord. Help us to be a light, Lord God, so that when other people see us, they're also encouraged to do the same. We thank you so much, God, because we know that we just don't deserve it. We don't deserve the love, the grace, the mercy, the kindness that you show us, oh God. But we pray that you help us to adopt those same character traits, oh Father God, so that we can live it and exemplify it to everybody around us, oh Lord. We love you and we thank you again for this time and the word that has come. It's the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Amen. Mm -hmm.